While he was entering Capernaum, a centurion came to him. In the name of Jesus, amen. The season of Epiphany is the season of the church here that's sort of uh, the other side of the coin uh, of the season of Advent. Advent means he comes. And it's all about Jesus coming, whether that's uh, coming at his birth or coming to us now in his word or when he comes again in glory to judge both the living and the dead. Epiphany is all about what it looks like when he shows up. An epiphany is a revelation or realization. It's uh, that aha moment when you suddenly know or understand something you didn't before. The season of epiphany is about Jesus revealing who he is for sinners. It may have been prophesied sometimes in the Old Testament, but it wasn't fully known until the Son of God shows up on the scene. Jesus makes himself known not only to his people Israel, but as a light to lighten the Gentiles. He reveals himself to all people to Israelite and Roman alike, to Jew or Gentile, or as our text has it, Jewish leper or Roman centurion. And that's the aha moment. And Matthew 8 is making us, uh, showing us clearly what this epiphany of Jesus to the nations is all about. The Lord Jesus reveals himself to the nations by cleansing them and gathering them to his table. First, the Lord reveals himself to the nations by cleansing them. He cleanses them from sin and from death. He delivers the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And this is what's revealed in our text today. We see it in that Jesus cleanses the leper from his leprosy. And leprosy is a good uh, metaphor for sin. Even our Lutheran uh, confessions use this metaphor. Leprosy, a skin disease, would cause a person to be cut off from society and from God's temple. So also our sin and our sins, they cause separation between us and our neighbor and between us and God himself. Jesus also cleanses the centurion's servant from death. Yes, Jesus saves him from dying, but even if that servant had died, we all know, what's that to Jesus? This cleansing of the nations from their sin and from death was the entirety of Jesus' earthly ministry. From 
receiving his name and to his birth, to his death and his resurrection. Jesus was all about taking care of sin and death. Named Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He took on our sins as the Lamb of God at his baptism. He bore them to Calvary. There he bled for them, died for them, and he rose again on the third day for our justification, our innocent verdict before God. But he also rose to bring life and immortality to light. That's his entire ministry. Now, to cleanse the nations from their sins and death. You too have sins for him to cleanse you from. It happened at Capernaum. It happened at the bottom of the mountain where he preached his Sermon on the Mount. In fact, it's wherever he is present, not necessarily where you are. There's a reason the leper and centurion sought out where Jesus was. He promises to be present for us in his holy word. We ask Jesus to have us see this truth in our hymn of the week last week. He's also present in baptism. He's present in the absolution, in gospel sermons, and in the supper of his body and blood. As Hebrews says, our hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Faith wants to be where Jesus can be found. Just look at the centurion and that leper for that. Jesus shows up to cleanse and save and forgive, and they go to exactly where Jesus is at to get it. Where else would they go? I have not found such faith, Jesus says, even in Israel, even among the children of God, those who should know better. But it's not just cleansing that the Lord's doing. Oh, no. The Lord Jesus reveals himself to the nations by cleansing them and gathering them to his table. Jesus reveals that he wants the nations at his table. And he promises that exact thing. Done deal with Jesus. I tell you, he says... Many will come from east and west and will be seated with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. That promise of Jesus is fulfilled in eternal life. And the Bible calls eternal life an eternal feast or wedding banquet. The marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom which has no end. And just like with his cleansing, that banquet starts wherever Jesus shows up and hosts a meal. 
a supper. And that is one of the things that Jesus was known for in his ministry. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus was always breaking bread and drinking wine, partying with sinners. So they said, the Son of Man comes as a drunkard. They slandered him by saying that. But hosting a supper with sinners and for sinners was a hallmark of Jesus' ministry. Even the well-known story of Zacchaeus was punctuated at the end by a meal. All his eating with sinners is the promise of the eternal banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A banquet that Gentiles, like that centurion, will be attending. And that eternal feast never ends because on the last day, the Lord will swallow up death forever. The feast for sinners wasn't just 2,000 years ago, nor is it just a promise for eternal life. It happens now for you. That's this supper, which Jesus holds for sinners, only sinners, to give them forgiveness in the eating and drinking of his body and blood. This meal is for sinners and for you, which means you are a sinner in need of the meal Jesus is putting on here. Otherwise, Jesus would be a liar, but he, in fact, says, my body given for you, my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, your sins. Are we, like Jesus, known for the meal for sinners or for other things? Now, I must also say that this meal is one of unity in the gospel. That is, in the forgiveness of sins. And it's true. We can find lots of agreement on many other different points with other Christians. But the delivery of forgiveness through Jesus' body and blood separates us because that is actually the offense of the gospel. It is then the gospel that divides us from others. And faith knows that this is no small thing because the gospel saves you, Paul says. And so when the supper or baptism or the absolution or gospel sermons are the point of contention, that should actually be expected because the cross of Christ is the stumbling block, not necessarily whatever other teaching points we could maybe define or shoehorn or ignore into fake agreement. The gospel, the message of Christ crucified as preached and delivered in the sacraments, separate. And this is only a separation that the Spirit can fix through His Word. The Lord Jesus reveals himself to the nations by cleansing them 
and gathering them to his table. That's what he did 2,000 years ago, and he still does today. He cleansed then, and he cleanses, forgives now. Faith goes to where Jesus is at with his cleansing. It's not faith to ignore or prioritize other things or find excuses for naught. But gathering sinners to his table is what Jesus did then, and that's what he's offering today. And it is for all nations. It is a preview of the heavenly banquet. My body and blood for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And Jesus wants to be known for doing this for you and for other sinners. Today, he reveals himself as the one who cleanses and feeds sinners. Not just for his own people, but for all nations, many from east and west. And so that's why we often sing after communion, uh, Simeon's song, the Nunc Dimittis. Because it's at communion where mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Gentiles and Israel are the musical crescendos for that canticle, at least uh, in setting three. But this canticle confesses again and again, especially at his supper, that the Lord Jesus reveals himself to the nations by cleansing them and gathering them to his table. In the name of Jesus, 